Good afternoon. Welcome to the Long Live Third Parties Podcast. Free Press, Media Press, Inc., a third party's books publisher, sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Today I read the case Hawatama versus New York State Board of Elections 68, MISC 3D 449, New York Supreme Court, Albany 2020. Friends, today we're going to again talk about how the COVID 19 pandemic relates to ballot access, this time in the state of New York. This case involves our friends at the Conservative Party. This individual, Ola Halotama, however you say her name, wanted to appear on the ballot, but she had a couple issues to contend with. One was the COVID deal dealing a blow to how the election proceeded, the deadlines changed because of that. Also, she had to deal with some personal health issues. So let's read from the record. It says, quote, Petitioner Ola Halatama brings a special proceeding pursuant to election law 16.102 parentheses 1 CPLR article 7.8 and CPLR 3001 seeking an order validating her designation as a candidate of the Conservative Party for the Public Office of Member of the United States House of Representatives, 19th Congressional District of New York. Objectors James Goblet, Benjamin Cooper, and Michael Mara Morado, who filed objections to petitioners designating petition, opposed the request of relief. Respondent, New York State Board of Elections, SBOE, has appeared in the response to the petition, but it takes no position on the merits. On March 14, 2020, Governor Andrew M. Como responded to a global pandemic by altering the requirements for candidates to qualify for New York's June 23, 2020 primary ballot. As is relevant here, the governor modified the application of Election Law Article 6, which governs the, governs the designation of candidates for public office by 1, reducing the number of signatures required to obtain ballot access, and 2, suspending the collection of signatures as of 5 p.m. on March 17, 2020. The Executive Order Como number 202.2EO, 202.29NC, CRR 8.202.2. Prior to the governor's order, candidates had until April 2nd to collect signatures and file their designated positions. Petitions. End quote. In this case, in one way, it sounds like they are making it easier for third parties. They are reducing the number of signatures. On the other case, they're bringing back the deadline. So that makes it more difficult. So what do you think, friends? Do you think this is a concession to our side? Does it Would it make it easier if you were in the circumstances? So the issue here contend about her filing it on time. The date happened to be in March, the new deadline, whereas the old one was in April. I'm... I'm not seeing here why they thought it was necessary to move the deadline back, how that would help things for their side. Maybe they needed more time to process because of having to do things in the middle of the pandemic, but I don't see it here 
clearly. It also states here she had some medical issues where she went to St. Louis, Missouri, and that's a long ways from New York. So even when she was in Missouri, it says here, she tried to get some, get the process going. She tried to get a notary and things of that nature. But they still did not deem it on time. She did the best she could in the circumstances, it says, but they didn't deem it on time. And she even cited another case where they allowed exceptions. It says, it, by law, they had to deem it invalid. So she had two things working against her, her personal issues and also the COVID-19 thing. So that's a lot to deal with. So unfortunately, they do acknowledge she had a reasonable excuse, but it didn't matter to them ultimately because the law was the law. So they had to go by it. It says here, quote, Petitioner or counsel make a persuasive case that the equities favor the relief requested in the petition. Petitioner executed the certificate prior to the deadline. The SBOE received the certificate by mail within two days of the deadline. Petitioner was out of state for medical reasons for much of the relevant period. Trip was planned in reliance on the original political calendar, and there is no claim that respondents or anyone else would be prejudiced by excusing the brief delay in mailing the certificate. End quote. Alas, alas, to me that sounds like a valid excuse. It doesn't say the nature of her medical care. Perhaps that's personal and private. We don't need to know. I would assume, giving her the benefit of the doubt, it was something major that she would have to go out of New York State for. It says here, quote, Thus, it is now well established that the time limitations set forth in the statute are mandatory and that the judiciary is foreclosed from fashioning exceptions, however reasonable they might be made to appear, end quote. I am one for being committed to your obligations. You follow through with your commitments. Even when you are very much on the case, you are committed to doing what you do. Even the best of us will have occasions where there are legitimate exceptions. If you're just lazy and you're not making your commitments, that's not legitimate. If it's something you forget about to do, that's not legitimate. But a medical reason that very well could be life-threatening here, that would be legitimate. So ultimately, they conclude the following. Quote, accordingly, it is ordered that the petitioner's application to validate her designated petition is denied and that it is further, it is further adjudged, adjudged and declared that Chapter 24 is spatially constitutional and does not violate the petitioner's constitutional rights on the facts of this case. And finally, it is adjudged, adjudged that the verified petition is dismissed in all respects. 
end quote. This was a loss. It would seem like on the surface she had a lot of good reasons to get on the ballot, but unfortunately they denied her. So if you are thinking about this, how do you feel? Do you think these were legitimate reasons for her to be able to get on the ballot? Sounds like she did her due diligence. Also, some people out there who are third parties, a lot of people, in fact, are not of conservative nature. So I've seen a lot of alliances in third parties. So if you're a progressive third party member, supporter, officer, what can this conservative party case teach us and inspire us to do? Long live third parties. Goodbye.